Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show Turn Podcast, Too Beautiful to Live, on Fridays. We bring you an appreciation piece, and if you haven't already, please listen to the clip show we put out on Friday. But this is Monday, so we are recapping the previous week's TBTL. My name is Mike Frizzell, and I'm in the Orkin Pest Control Studios in Kyle, Texas. I cannot do it all by myself, so joining me from the Sticker Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, is Ann Lundholm. Hello, Ann. Good morning. Good morning, Ann. Ann sounds healthy, but uh, from the Dayquil, NyQuil Studios in Pawtucket, <laughs> Rhode Island, is our friend Bobby Pape. How are you doing at this early, early time, 11 in the morning, when you probably should still be in bed, Bobby? <laughs> I have my answer. Thank you for doing this. I mean... Uh, we'll get into uh, our business and why you had to join us today, why we didn't have anybody <laughs> on the bench. Uh, we also, of course, are here to do the weekend review. We have lots of housekeeping to do, and then we'll let you know how to get involved. Starting with business this week, um, we had a short bench this week because Meredith underwent surgery. Was it on Thursday or Friday? Friday. She underwent surgery on Friday, which was really considerate of her husband because he's going to be taking care of her all weekend and he'll have football to watch while he's oh. waiting for her to wake up and demand whatever she's going to demand. So good I timing like, by her. Someone asked if she had a bell and she <laughs> said that she found a bell app for her phone. Right. Which she's going to need because her bedroom is pretty far away from the two hidey holes where Duff will be watching <laughs> wall-to-wall football on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, ding, ding that bell, Meredith. She's got, she's had having, um, she's had jaw problems for decades and she, uh, is undergoing TMJ surgery, which I haven't looked up, but I only assume means too much jaw pain. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. do you know what it stands for? You're the, you're the scientist left. Oh on my God. It's a hugely long word. I probably, that's why they make it TMJ. Say what it is. Yeah. But her, she has jaw pain, and hopefully this will help. Right now, she is um, she's pretty nauseous uh, from the Vicodin, and she she checked in that she was listening to the guys talk about biting their nails, and that wasn't <laughs> helping her nausea at all. Didn't help mine either. <laughs> when we uh, when we were when we were listening to that. Um, okay, here I've we go. Just... It's it's temporomandibular joint dysfunction, or TMJ. Wow. They could even go TMJD with it that. It sounds like something that Meredith would help write a paper about and do some groundbreaking <laughs> research and then get no credit for no it. No credit. Yes. Zero yeah. credit for it. Yeah, well, hopefully it, it works for her. The doctor seems very optimistic and that uh, she'll be able to eat, sleep, and just generally open her mouth without pain um, when she comes out the other side of that. Uh, other medical issues, stump date. Had a had a look at my stump for the first time in in three weeks, or the doc did. I had been you know monitoring or whatever, and still had a pretty big um, scab there. And the doctor decided to just dig it out, you know, just see what was going on under under that scab. So he took off the scab, and there is, you know, there's still there's still a wound there. It's just it's healthy tissue, but it it needs to accelerate in the healing. So I'll be going to uh, wound care. I, I still will not have to have a skin graft or any uh, further surgery, but uh, you know some of some of it uh, when when you get these amputations and they try to um, try to uh, meld the skin back together. Sometimes it takes, sometimes it doesn't, and I had this trouble spot, but it looks like eventually it's going to be okay. It's just you know going to push into uh, next year before I am 
uh, going to be ready to get a prosthetic, which, you know, is going to have to come out of pocket then because you get, you got to hit your limit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's disappointing, but I saw that coming because I'm such a slow healer. Did you guys see the, did I do a picture update to the chat with those? You did. Oh, I saw it. It was yeah, pretty you gruesome, know, huh? Last week you talked about how you were all oiling your sexy stump. That yeah. thing still looked a little scaly, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, well, I really oil it uh, probably every three or four days because I don't, I don't, um, well, now I can't, uh, I can't, I have to cover it now in the shower again because it's open, mm-hmm. right? When it was just the um, scab, I was uh, redressing it every few days and oiling it up. But yeah, you're right. As a guy, I don't take as good a care of my skin <laughs> as I probably should. So you just get a little castor oil down there. Just uh, just dump it down. A little, little WD-40 just spray everywhere. Oil curd. Yeah, the joint works better when you use the WD-40 oil on it. But um, Abby, will, the, the one of the downsides of taking care of your skin around here is... Abby looks at it as you're spreading pudding all over your body. <laughs> no. Yeah. And she will go after you all day. And I'll, and I'm just afraid I'm going to run over her with a wheelchair because she tries to get at my legs all day when I put anything on them. So that's one reason. That's my excuse, I guess. Can I give you a transition into our next topic? Sure. When you're done uh, with the wound care center, can you just go right down the hall to the burn care unit? <laughs> Good. Yeah, someone laid down some sick burns on us, is what Bobby's trying to say. We got some some uh, reviews on iTunes, a couple reviews, within a very short window. You know, you go a long time uh, without getting reviews on iTunes. Even, like, the most popular shows, uh, way more popular than us, go a long time between iTunes reviews. But we got two of them. Uh, was it last Monday or the Monday before? Jeremy found them. I think it was two Mondays ago. Yeah, it was November 8th. 2016. I don't know if anybody gets um, gets a notification or whatever, but Jeremy's definitely the most likely person to check reviews because he's a very sensitive man. <laughs> <laughs> he's so sensitive. And um, we got two reviews on Monday, November 8th. And I'm gonna since it was a woman who wrote them, I'm going to have Anne uh, read them. Anne, can well, you do that? We assume that it was a woman, but... Uh, I, the... I know that it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> the, the title of the first one is just No next to the one star by Megpie206. And it says, as a longtime TBTL listener, I find this postcast to be a huge waste of time. And the second one is titled Waste of Time by <laughs> One World 86 Plus. What a coincidence. <laughs> and it's this one is a little bit more involved. It says, this show involves a bunch of slugs talking about another show. The show they talk about is great. I've been a listener to TBTL since its AM radio days. However, this bandwagon show is a complete waste of time, and I found myself looking for a sharp implement to puncture my eardrums with the longer I listened. What a bogus excuse for a podcast. And was there a signature on that one, or that's Mm -mm. just how it... Okay. I I wish he would have been able to find that instrument. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I do love to mail things. So One World 86 Plus, you're probably not going to hear this, but send me your address and we'll take care of that. I think we could uh, figure out her address because uh, the reason I know who this person was, it was like the Sunday night previous to these reviews being written, uh, someone was trying to 
Um, I mean, we get posts all the time, you know, people trying to get on the Stens page with uh, marginally relevant or completely irrelevant stuff. And this was just someone posting with some like kitty cats, you know, some cute cat photos or something. And people think, well, the guys have cats, so that makes it relevant to TVTL. Uh, not so much, we don't think. So Jeremy very kindly, I mean, as he does when he rejects posts, he explains why. Mm-hmm. And he's very gentle and nice about it. And she was not very nice back to him. And they had quite an exchange. And then um, he suggests, he had suggested, he always does, that you can join TVTL Extra where we just put up you know, anything you want. If something amuses you, you put it up. It's kind of like, you know, our own graffiti page. Yeah, if only there was a place where extra things that might be of interest to TBTL listeners could go. Yeah. Oh, wait. I mean, we're not arguing that um, if you put your kitty cat post up on the stands that you won't get a lot of likes and discussion. It's just that we don't want that to bury stuff that's actually relevant to the show. You know, we're not saying your post is dumb or shitty. We're just saying... Um, we would like to keep that page relevant to what's going on, on on the show. So she, I think she posted the kitty thing on Extra, and she said some slightly shitty stuff and then intimated that um, that she had given to uh, the GoFundMe campaign that Jeremy set up and that it that sort of should have given her the golden ticket to <laughs> to post what she wanted on the Stens page and that I just withdrew from this discussion at that point. I guess she said a couple more shitty things and then deleted her own post. Did she not Bobby? Uh, I don't remember exactly how that all went, but uh, these, the the comments were not well received by the whole group. Her entitledness yeah. <laughs> came through and, and bothered more people than just us. And I, I think, I do think she must have deleted it at some point. Yeah. So the next day, uh, I got up, went 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 through my morning routine, and then I sat down, got out my laptop, and I refunded her uh, her money from the GoFundMe. I just PayPal'd her the money because I had her email address, which kind of matches <laughs> what's going on there on the iTunes review. So mystery solved. Uh, she got her money back and. Uh, I think she probably wrote that afterward because I think probably getting her money back may have hurt her feelings more than, than, you know, being embarrassed on the TVTL extra page. So, oh well. <laughs> but we were happy to get the reviews. What was what was surprising to me and so sweet is that Jeremy still, even knowing the story, because he he knew before I, he even show, showed me the reviews before I even you know caught up on the chat and read them he knew who the lady was and what it was but his feelings were still hurt because we got bad reviews and he's not even on the air so i don't even know if he's one of the slugs that she's <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make him an honorary slug i think he can share this honor with all of us yeah yeah um if you have a a, a hurtful review to leave it please do i mean if if you really hate the show but come on be funnier <laughs> yeah really and do it in one review. Specify that Jeremy is not um, included in your unkind comments. Or right. is, but make sure that, you know, we know, because that's always tough for us to gauge. Right. Yeah. Uh, and make fun your, of my stump. You your know, grammar, do, do too, you know, yes, would be appreciated. Please. And glossed over an errant apostrophe yes, it's in the longer yes. review that I found particularly offensive. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the the writer was a graduate of a very inferior university in the state of Washington. <laughs> so I will look past that because I don't think that that stuff gets corrected at that particular uh, pastoral uh, university. So, All I want to add is I'm always amazed when people say that things like this are a huge waste of time as if they're in a cave somewhere being held hostage and forced to listen to this free podcast that we put out because we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's a great way. I mean, I don't, I agree that it's it's probably in the big picture a waste of time, but we all have fun doing it, and a lot of people have fun listening to it. This is how we like to waste our time. Like Isn't some, everything futile when we're all going to die? <laughs> right. Some people like to play Candy Crush. Some people like to listen to LRB. Some people like to do them both at the same time. It's all a waste of time, but you're having fun. So yeah. enjoy. Uh, if you love us, would you leave us a review on iTunes? It's funny because when I go to look at the reviews on iTunes, one of the most helpful ones is one that I wrote after the first episode, <laughs> which probably could be buried at this point. That's okay. And if you hate us, but for some reason are captive and listening and have access to technology, please write us a mean review because I'd like to see those too, because they mm-hmm. amuse me too. Yep. Uh, Bobby, I hate to tax your voice further, but uh, can you kick us off for the weekend review? Absolutely. I wanted to start early in case I don't make it all the way through. We'll start with Monday 2250, Barely Home Companion, which one of, I think, several good episode titles this week. The guys did a good Mm -hmm. job with that. We start by learning that Rudy is escaping under the fence, or at least had been until Luke has gone and boarded it up. But I guess a couple of times uh, other Bellingham residents have brought Rudy back. That's a pretty big hole in the fence for that water bottle. (laughs) Yeah. It's out. just sort of flopping. She's flopping her way under there. Goodness gracious. That's, you just put a big rock down or something. That's that's usually the best way to block a hole that big. I don't know. I'm impressed. It took her so long to figure out the doggy door. But now <laughs> right. she, just, she figured out the fence right away. Right. right. That's true. Uh, and Olive is destroying rolls of toilet paper because that's just a joy of cat ownership. Mm. So cute because it's not my problem. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Do, Bobby, have you found that Cupcake has the patience to take the whole roll down or just do a few runs at it and leave a mess? Uh, Cupcake is delightfully lazy. So this has not been an issue <laughs> in our house. She's, she couldn't be less interested. She likes glossier paper. So if, mm-hmm. you're, uh, if you leave something laying out like a catalog or a magazine, she'll eat and tear up the corner uh-huh. of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even if you're holding something in your hands, she'll go at it right while you're holding it. Oh, so she has no idea it's wrong. Right, exactly. It's it's okay. more playful for her. Uh, but yeah, toilet paper has not been a problem, which is good because I buy the good stuff and I would be pissed. Mm-hmm. Luke is on the first day of a three-day juice, quote, cleanse, <sighs> diet, <laughs> juice plus coffee. After talking about sort of a a weekend bender, which I didn't take a lot of great notes on, except his pining for old-fashioned glazed donuts that you would find at a gas station. You know, I love, that's my favorite kind of donut, too, outside of a plain donut, which nobody seems to make anymore, the old-fashioned slash sour cream uh, donuts. And what he's right about is that the aging on that thing doesn't really matter. You could get them fresh, and they're fine, and you can tell that they're fresh, but they last quite a while, more than more so... They taste as fresh later on, more so than most donuts do. And that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite, because I don't have a big appetite for them. But um, 
you know, I like, when I go to Krispy Kreme, I'll get a couple of those and they will last for days and I'll just break off pieces of them. So uh, I recommend those. Yeah. Even gas station donuts, those are the best kind. I think part of it is that the it's sort of sealed in. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know, the moisture yeah. can't get out because there's a, there's a solid layer of sugar locking mm-hmm. it in. Mm-hmm. Now, Anne, as our resident baker, I believe you said you've got something cooling this morning. Could you ever stoop to gas station glazed donuts? <laughs> no gas station food, Bobby. I don't eat gas station calories. No, that's not worth it. Then uh-uh. you probably shouldn't go to Texas because some of the best food I found in Texas was at gas stations. Yeah, the, it's kind of a point of pride in Texas. There's lots of gas stations and like general stores or whatever that actually are good restaurants. Okay. <laughs> uh, Luke uh, admits <laughs> that the three days of juice that he's got this uh, stockpile of is $160 from the Electric Beat Company. And Andrew does a little back of the envelope math and figures that on a, an extravagant three days, not out of character, but I think sort of weekendy days with more takeout. Uh, he probably spends $130 on three days' worth of food. Did that include Genevieve being in on some of that takeout? Because that seems I, pretty I don't, excessive. I don't think so. I think he was doing the math based on his servings, not... Uh, although, man. he did talk about the pizza order with extra stuff, and it seems like that would be a shareable amount of food. Yeah. It's always surprising to me when I hear um, like a single man, like Luke talked about during his little bender... He ordered pizza and a side from wherever it was, Pagliacci or oh no, Pizza Hut. He ordered from Pizza Hut, right? Pizza, and Hut. I'm like, that's. I mean, I can, I can see eating. Like, what's going to happen is you're going to eat two slices and a few of those wings or whatever, and then I got all this goddamn food, and now I have to be bad for like two more days, you know? Yeah. So only order enough shitty food for that particular bender is what I say. Uh, a lesson I've learned is that if I if I'm going to treat myself to something I don't get very often, I will get three different things, mm-hmm. and I will get as much as I want out of those three things, and then I will wastefully throw out the rest. Oh, because you're doing it for the experience as much as anything, mm-hmm. and so if it's going to be an indulgence and it's not going to be all the time, maybe I don't just want pizza. I want pizza and wings and something else, but the yeah, you can't let you can't fall into the trap of eating the leftovers of all that for two more days. Right, because then you're Monday night football, and then you're watching the Huskies on t- Tuesday night, and you're you just you're just finishing this. Bend, the bender is extended, you know. Also, none of those things are going to be as good. No, the, the next day. So all you're doing is ruining your great experience. Yeah, true. Yeah, true, but true. you're not eating it the next day. That's the whole point of what Luke characterized as the cheat day of all cheat days, is you don't stop eating until the food is gone. Oh, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, because you don't have that weird relationship with food that Luke does and that I do. Oh, I get you. You get to the point where you are not enjoying it anymore, but it's still going in your mouth. (laughs) Wow. Luke notes, as he often does when beats come up on the show. Yeah, why do we Why? That he needs to leave himself a note for the morning to not be panicked when beats take their natural course. He said it came out the number one, but does that happen? Apparently. It doesn't yeah. seem like that I hope would that's happen. not blood. Yeah. I mean, did yeah. someone punch him in the... Oh, well. Anyway. Yeah. He seems to be fine. 
Uh, and we get for the first day a theme that lasts all week: our juicy, clean edit, chopped and screwed toner of the day. And just to get it out of the way now, bamboo is slang for a type of weed. Uh, it's also slang for some really terrible things if you Urban Dictionary Google it. Uh, but we're gonna go with the one where it's weed because in context that's what makes sense, and not the um, impressive oral sex maneuver. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the the Are song sure? is about dealing dealing drugs, so it's not about sex. In that line, the other version would not make any sense. Uh, on to our top story for Monday. New Balance is the official shoe of white supremacists. This, that seemed like really an excessive backlash against something. I mean, it was out of context. I mean, the guy was speaking pretty honestly about his business. Right. You know, uh-huh. he's like, okay, he, you, I may personally feel that he's a disaster of a president, but it it's going to benefit my business. Yeah. <laughs> uh I wore New Balance shoes for a while before switching over to Brooks uh, about the last year or so because Sam finally made me. Um, but I happened to work uh, in the same complex as the New Balance World Headquarters, and they just built a new building. So I don't know if they're white supremacists or not, but I will say that their new building is ridiculously ugly. It's a giant glass cruise ship along the side of a highway, and uh, uh, it's it's awful. Yeah. Architecture magazines seem to be thinking it's great. I think it looks ridiculous. I think it looks like a war memorial or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's apparently uh, an operating building, and it's supposed to be really fancy on the inside, but I haven't actually gone over and looked. But uh, that's my New Balance affiliation is the New Balance factory outlet store is right next to my office. So if any uh, neo-Nazis listening want to have lunch after you pick up your new shoes, just let me know. Uh, that leads into a conversation about politics. Uh Luke uh, believes that he personally can't do anything about Steve Bannon being brought into the White House uh, and therefore shouldn't bother caring about politics, basically. (laughs) There's that Burbank logic at it again. Yeah, we get it later in the week, too, with uh, voting being a lottery. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go to an email. This is a, a continuing talk about getting knocked out for surgery. A listener had to be brought out on a hand truck. I love it. <laughs> uh, Hannibal Lecter style uh, after being knocked out and then brought back to uh, another listener left a voicemail uh, being nervous because the last words they heard before going under were, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, and I, I have a story that I can't remember if I've ever told on this show, which is I had heart surgery when I was 18. It was catheter ablation, so not open heart surgery, but I had to be knocked out and laid out on a table. And as they were prepping me for surgery, I went from having the gown to uh, a folded up towel over my private area. And finally, they had to just sort of make the towel smaller and smaller because they were going in through my legs. Oh, man. And finally, they just had to take the towel away (laughs) because they they needed access to all of these things. Now, it was early in the morning. And I had already been um, shaved by a jolly black woman who Hmm. thoroughly seemed to enjoy her job. I think you got to, if you have that job, you got to just go all in on it. You can't be like every day, get out of bed going, oh my God, I can't believe I got to shave everyone's prize today. This is one of those things where if they had just told me to do that before I came in, I would have been all over it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nobody bothered to tell me. Uh, And as they were putting me under, 
uh, one of the last, really the last exchange I had was with a, uh, an assistant who was asking if it was okay to take the towel away. And I just said something to the effect of, uh, you're just going to be jealous. And then I was out. <laughs> and the next thing I remember is being rolled out six hours later. Oh, man. You needed the rim shot right yeah. there for your last. I figure last... if I died, that would have been great last words. My last joke. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this, uh, but before, when I when I went into uh, the emergency room for my, my charco foot, I knew that I was going to be getting surgery and I knew that I'd be getting an amputation. But... Um, before they took me upstairs to a room, they did an ultrasound uh, on my leg, and they found two um, blood clots down and lower lower leg blood clots. So before uh, I could have my surgery, my amputation, they had to put some sort of filter on my heart so the um, blood clots couldn't jump up during surgery and murder me. So... I was told that they would be going in through my groin and I was like, okay, I guess we got to do this, you know? So it was going to be like the situation that you had, Bobby. And nobody came to prep me. And I thought that was weird. Uh, and so they, they take me down there uh, early in the morning and they're, you know, I'm in, I'm in the gown and I have, uh, underwear on and they're not asking me to take off the underwear and they're not messing around with the, they they start messing around with my neck and eventually there's there's uh i i said so nothing going on with the groin today i said oh no we do this through the neck now so no one had bothered to tell the 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 other folks that uh that they don't do the groin anymore it seems like a big piece of information that a lot of <laughs> a lot of people would want to know you yeah know? you spent all that time thinking about it yeah i was like okay not to mention the waxing appointment <laughs> Well, yeah, and I thought, when when's that jolly jolly black lady going to come in here and shave my primes? And she just never did. And you know, it comes five thirty in the morning, they come to get you, and I'm like, what? What's going on? They're going to shave me downstairs or whatever, <laughs> whatever. And then they just went in through my neck, said, no, we don't do that anymore. Okay, yeah. would have been good to know. This comes up later in the week too, because Luke goes to the doctor and is. Uh, Nervous is the wrong word. He's a little shy about being in the gown because there's a young, attractive student or something in the room. And I just, I'm over it when it comes oh, yeah. to medical situations. Right. Like these people see better than me every day. They see right. worse than me every day. I imagine that attraction to the human form is mostly ruined for them at this point. Sure. <laughs> you know, whatever. It's just another, it's just another job. Yeah. I just I try just to make care. the interactions as pleasant as possible. You know? Yeah. Tell the joke or two. Can I ask, does it really matter the level of the attractiveness of the I other know. person? I know. No. What is that? I mean, like if it was an ugly med student, oh, fine, get up in there. Or or, <laughs> or if you're an unattached male and you saw this lady and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to try to ask her out or something. But it's going to be really awkward after, you know, they've, they've done an inspection on all my warts and, you know, my, right. geni my genital problems be like a bad curb your enthusiasm episode or something mm -hmm. like that's just not gonna happen yeah the attractiveness he's mentioned it twice i think i'm like who, what who cares I, yeah. and who cares if it's a lady or a man i I know i mean some people care whether they get examined by men or women it's like no it, they're a doctor it's a doctor patient situation i don't give a shit 
yeah, I just try to remember that most people don't give a crap about what I look like most of the time. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, it's just not something yeah, people are concerned exactly. about. Uh, I also should mention, the guys mentioned that TBTL has a new boss. They've hired someone new to be their supervisor. That's all we hear about it all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just hope he's not listening. <laughs> And with that, we go to the no point conversion, which starts with um, reminiscing about throwback logos and helmets in the NFL, starting with the old Patriots logo, which is the actual Patriot hiking the ball mm-hmm. and the Rams throwback helmets. And I yeah. see you like my hat. Yeah, um, I agree with them that logos have, for some reason, you know, have gotten really aggressive. It used to be. The mascot was the mascot, and then you have uh, a new hat with the old Buffalo Bill logo, which just is a buffalo just standing there. Yep. You know? Good enough. We know what a buffalo is. That's a buffalo. We understand that you, you, you're playing for buffalo, and that's a logo. Now, like the Seahawks thing, that kind of pissed me off because it, it used to be kind of a cool um, – Not, I don't think it was an appropriation. I think it was a nod to Native American culture that it looked like something from a totem pole. Uh, but then they, they now they, it looks all aggressive and it's gonna get you. Well, I'm sorry, you know, no matter how aggressive your mascot is, if your team sucks, the the logo ain't gonna get anybody. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguar logo is pretty aggressive and they they never beat anybody ever. So <laughs> now the Vikings logo is still just mm-hmm. the Viking, yeah. right? And the color purple. I don't know. It's There's classic. horns. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they made the horns more aggressive or not, but it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do that, you know. Pointier, <laughs> Buffalo Bills, I believe, the only team in professional sports where the logo is an homage to the city name, not the team name. Right. Ah, good point. Because it's not, you know, Wild Bill, Buffalo Bill, uh, which which nobody even really thinks of much anymore for Bill's symbolism. It's all about the buffalo. Is that and where I it just, came I'm from? Not a big... From Buffalo Bill? I, I I think. From the movie Silence of the Lambs. It's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's really cold when you go to those December and January games at the Ralph. So, New Era Field now. So, you uh, you wear your skin suit. <laughs> a little extra protection. Uh, Luke hates Jim Rome. Who and doesn't? He... Right, exactly. But he calls on a, uh, a reference... From the nineties? Oh God, it was Wait. it was really old. I mean, he said that that at the time Rome was a local guy, but he had he just started or uh, he was established on ESPN with this talk show, it's like this one on one interview show, and he had the quarterback of the Rams, Jim Everett, on, and Jim Everett had he was a little bit famous for going down easily, you know, being easily sacked during plays, and there was at least one instance where he he just went down without even being touched and he was really <laughs> sensitive about that so uh Jim Rome called him Chris and then I think he called him Chrissy and and Jim Everett said uh do that one more time and I'm you know it's yeah. it's on and he did it and Jim Everett jumped over the table and attacked Jim Rome which is hard to get a hold of Jim Rome cuz he's like about 5 foot 2 and about 100 pounds <laughs> But uh, I don't know how how badly he beat him up, but it was a huge moment in television at the time. Um, but uh, it's it's worth looking up. I think I'm gonna um, check out the video because yeah, I I love to see Jim Rome get get beat up <laughs> on a regular basis. The uh, the insult was because he was referring to 
Chris Everett, the right. female tennis player. Right. And uh, we all know that there's nothing wrong with calling a man a lady as an right. insult to his masculinity. Mm-hmm. Apparently Jim Everett didn't like it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's no call on the PI. If we go one week without a pass interference call or no call talk on no point conversion, <laughs> I'll be amazed. Right. Uh, but I do want to just share one Luke quote, which is that fade routes are created by the devil in hell's anus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I don't, I don't disagree with him. When your team is not equipped for that, like the Seahawks don't have any receivers that, that are really suited for that route. There's really no reason to be running it. Uh, and Luke wonders if a Husky's loss means at least they'll get to go to the Rose Bowl instead of the football championship series. Um, Luke has a very limited understanding of the bowl system. <laughs> uh, You're shocked. I'm shocked. We're all shocked. The 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 championship game. He was he he thought that the championship game was one of the bowls, but the championship game is the championship game. And this year, the semifinals uh, are the Fiesta and the Peach. Um, the other major bowls are not involved in the BCS this year. So there's a chance that Washington could end up in the Rose Bowl. But uh, if they win their next two games, there's a good chance they could still be in the bowl championship series. But um, I, if if I were to sit down with Luke, I think I could straighten him around on this. He's an intelligent guy, but uh, he hasn't paid a lot of attention <laughs> to this stuff. He knows his Huskies, and that's about it. And he was looking forward to January 1st Rose Bowl. Well, it's on the January 2nd. Um, so I hope he, he does, hasn't set his DVR for the first. Uh, just a couple of more things, and then we can wake Ann up and go to Tuesday. Sure. I want to make sure that sponsors get their just due. It's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And oh, sure. I don't know whatever happened to Tostitos, but it is now the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Oh, really? Wait, the Tostitos Bowl is the only one I'm interested in. (laughs) (laughs) A seven-layer dip. So, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but I just looked it up to check, and sure enough, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Hmm. That's interesting. So, uh, you know, they pay a lot of money for those sponsorships. I'd be sad to leave them on the table. And with that, Mike, why don't you grab your... Coleman cooler full of juice and take us to Tuesday. Tuesday, funny juice, uh, which I like this title because last week one of the days I took was painfully unfunny, and I felt like that was, <laughs> you know, with my name next to it on the run sheet, it just felt bad. So funny juice has has fixed that for me. Luke is firing back some algae juice as they mm. open the show. Yes, um, the lady in the shop said that it's an acquired taste, quote, like an oyster. I just don't mm. understand why it's a taste you want to acquire. No. Or like Robitussin. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the whole thing about the juice, he, he explained that he there's always juice left over and he doesn't really want the juice. He's basically just fasting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, he, he's paying $160 so that he can carry a cooler around and not want to drink the juice that's in there. Why not just instead just have some juice that you like, you know, get some juice at the store that you enjoy and drink that. I'm not totally sure I believe him, but whenever he does the juice fast, or at least more recently, he talks about how he's not interested in this for the nutrition aspect of it. He doesn't believe in the idea of the juice cleanse the way Mm -hmm. they sell it on that website, but it's much more as a, a shock to the system, as like a hard line drawn in the sand to get himself back 
like a psychological tool more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the only thing that saves this from me wanting to find something to puncture my eardrums with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, there'll be more juice talk later in the week. But um, this, on this particular day, Luke has taken all of in to get fixed and chipped and to get um, her AIDS and leukemia tests, which Luke didn't know about. Um, the, and you're not a cat person. And Bobby, you have cupcake. What's the what's the standard testing now for cats? Does, does it seem like the feline AIDS or feline leukemia are a big deal? I know, I mean, people. there's a lot of cat ladies out there, cat people that will help us out if, if you guys don't know. I know that... Uh... I don't know as much about this as the average amateur veterinarian on the Stens page, but um, I know they test for all of it. I know they tested for all of it when we first got Cupcake. And in fact, because she was a rescue and we picked her up from a shelter, that was part of the screening that they did too. Um, And they pay for your first vet visit with part of the adoption process to make sure that when you adopt, they see a vet right away. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cupcake was cleared of all of that. I know they're careful to test for all of it, but beyond that, I really don't know. Uh, Sam actually worked in a vet's office before she pursued her current career, so I leave all of the heavy medical stuff to her. I'm really just the driver for the vet appointments. I know it's important, and I know that some of those things are really sad and unfortunate and can shorten cats' lives substantially, but I don't know a ton about them. They should think about that before they share needles and have unprotected sex. (laughs) Yeah. Stupid cats. All right. Uh, Luke is craving Dintai Fung. I'm sure he's craving a lot of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's looking forward to Camaro uh, Kev's birthday cruise. I think it's the first time we hear about that. Yeah. They are both they both have fun vacations coming up in the spring at some point between the birthday cruise and Andrew's uh, long aforementioned Costa Rica trip. It sounded like this birthday cruise is happening in... Um, in December, though. Oh, right. Is is it not? I mean, like during everyone's like Christmas break or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't this know. seems Seem- like a very extravagant birthday <laughs> plan. Is do we know is this a significant birthday? Um. Well, they're all around so. the right kind of age, right? Well, yeah, so probably forty, right? It could easily be his fortieth. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they're all about ten years younger than me, so um, seems like about the right time for a forty. But it seems kind of unusual for a guy to be throwing that for himself, but I'm sure that his wife's probably behind it. Um, Andrew makes fun of the virtual reality commercials, which uh, they are sort of, I mean, when you think about strapping on that, those commercials are so ubiquitous now. that um, I don't know. I, it, it seems like something that's going to get a lot smaller pretty quickly, hopefully. Are that thing doesn't even look like it'll stay on your head. I I haven't seen them. Is this something that they uh, show during sports? Uh, well, yeah, mostly what I watch is sports, but um, it's all the new. It's the new Google phone. Google. Yeah, I don't see any of that stuff. Something that you you there's a giant like thing you strapped your head and then you you strap the phone into it. Yeah, they look like um, snorkeling goggles, but. Much, much taller. Like they stick off your face a lot further, and uh, you shove your phone in there to to basically make a viewfinder strapped to your eyeballs, mm, like all and the cool of course, kids the, do. Yeah, the, 
the mind only goes to porn. You know, right. what are the porn people doing to keep up with this technology? What if you put that thing on your head? What's available to you? You know, yeah, the well, booming it, point of view industry is going to be <laughs> all porn related. Yeah. That's that's how all the innovation happens. Right. The This American Life story is referenced uh, and invisibility or flying. Um, that option is offered. And I think Luke mentioned that anybody who was talking about wanting to be invisible always wanted to do something illegal or awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Again, gotta, that speaks to Luke's psychology. Got to ask you guys, Anne, invisibility or flying and why? I don't know. I've always felt that that's kind of a very limiting choice. Probably flying. I mean, it depends. Am I flying at the same speed that I would walk anywhere or am I flying fast? Mm -hmm. Because the whole point of flying would be able to get somewhere quick for me. Yeah, you can fly like Superman, I would say. Yeah, then that's what I pick. Bobby? I guess similar reasons, flying, because I think Mm -hmm. about shortening my commute into Boston, which would be delightful. (laughs) But what about when I have a car full of shit that I have to bring into the office? Can I... Can I tow that somehow? Mm, get you some like special cargo gear. Do I rent a U-Haul that I just tow behind my waist? Mm. I don't. Well, your heart is pure. We'll take the, your flying answer. I'm going to also say flying because I've already done most of the terrible things that people wanted to do uh, when they were invisible. So, you know, there's nothing left there on the table there for me. So I'm going to try flying. Yeah, it turns out you don't have to be invisible if you just hide under a Colorado Colorado Rockies cap. Right. Just go ahead and be a terrible person. (laughs) You don't need to be invisible. (laughs) Top story. Uh, There's a a guy in El Segundo who's uh, who's firing off air horns at people in the middle of the night. (laughs) How is this a story? I just don't know. How did this? I guess the picture was so good that it it had to be news because the guy looks just out of his mind i mean he looks dis- i mean i don't know between the election and the fact that we're pushing into the holiday season real news stories are going to be pretty thin for a few weeks so hold tight for more of this kind of bullshit yeah i guess when you're avoiding talking about politics this is the story yeah. that yeah. you get luke tells his story about uh claiming to have left his wallet in el segundo um it seems a story that's morphing over the years as to who was there and who said what. Yes. But um, still, cute, cute, funny thing to say. Uh, Andrew goes down to the Nike store, needs some new shoes, and um, someone comes up to him and asks him if they could help. And he said he's looking for some for some shoes, so, some new shoes for, for walking. He does a lot of walking. And the young lady said, oh, well, then let's get you over to the men's shoes. Embarrassing, very <sighs> embarrassing, but that you know that's progress. The the ladies' yep. shoes <laughs> look mm-hmm. more like the men's shoes at this point. And there are some mink, some pink men's shoes too, which which really mix things up. Yeah, men men are getting more colorful. So yep. yeah, I I just think you have to kind of look at the sizes of the shoes that are out. Like, oh, those are kids, you know. And if they're the shoes like a five or a six, that's a woman's. And and men's are usually like what eight or nine that they put out. Yeah. on display so you just got to look for a shoe that looks like something you might be able to jam your foot in if you had to run somewhere and that's usually the men's or you know maybe the sign that says woman's oh, or I gotta look you. up 
Do they have signs? I've been in that Nike yeah. store, and I and I remember being sort of discombobulated in that store. I don't know about a Nike store. I don't know that I've ever been in one. But shoe stores in general, I think you can tell. Yeah. I, yeah, I've wandered down. Like stores like Ross or Marshall's or something, I've wandered down the wrong paths before because they, they don't give a lot of uh, attention to signage at those places. It's just good luck. Hope you and find sometimes something. you're just looking for a pair of size 13 extra wide wedges and you just go wherever they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I go, where are the giant shoes? Where are the clown shoes? And that's, <laughs> can I find something there? I've bought men's um, shoes in my life. They're way more comfortable. How do you, do you, did you do this online or did you go in and say, I'm buying some men's shoes and someone fitted you for a pair? Um, I think it was always in places where you, you know, like Ross or a DSW or one of those shoe warehouse sure, help yourself you type place. Pick it out myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have a larger foot because I'm such a tall lady. I actually have quite a small foot for how tall I am. Um, I probably wear a men's eight and a half, but it's a lot easier to find a comfortable men's eight and a half than oh, it is yeah. to find a women's ten. Well, when, you, when you're, when you're, that, see, that's the thing is your choices widen. Mm-hmm. So far, because you're right in in the center of the the sweet spot for the men's shoes, yep. So everything that's available is going to be available in that size. So that's a smart move, I think. Yeah. So, and if we ever see you in a well crafted two town pair of wingtips, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just be jealous because uh, in my shoe size, it's yeah. actually. I just have to go with whatever of the three pairs they have. Right, right. It's true. You you go like, well, uh, we got I got three ugly pairs to choose from. Yep. So what's what's the not worst one? Uh, and Mike, have you found a left foot only friend yet? No. Um, you mean a, a right a right foot only? Or excuse friend. me, yeah, right foot only. That's that's. I'm sure there's some way to hook up like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to get on some get on some. Uh, uh, Rupert Holmes personal ad action and find, <laughs> find yeah, a right uh, foot. Uh, but actually, now how personal ads work. What size <laughs> shoe do you wear? Thirteen. Okay, so we'll we'll put it in the show notes if anyone knows a men's thirteen with the opposite single leg. Absolutely, well, there are up. there are amputees who listen to this show. I got messages from them. So well, there we go. Um, let's see. Luke's buying vintage shoes over. That are not his size, and may or may not be vintage based yeah, on I mean, the way is... he was describing them. They may be recreated. I know where it's coming from. You know, he he wanted these shoes when he was growing up, and now he has the money to get them, and he wants mm-hmm. to wear them. And it's kind of a hipstery thing to do now, so it kind of fits all the categories for him. But please um, order the your your size, because <laughs> two two small shoes. That's not a not, no way to go through life if you have a little bit of money. Um, top story: Blair Walsh, uh, the kicker from Minnesota Vikings, very handsome fella, is he not? Ann? Eh, sure. No, that's He's fine. He's no Scott Erickson. No. Uh, he gets cut, and you know, partially because he lost. It was basically on him that they lost to the Seahawks in the playoffs last year, and he's missing a bunch of kicks and extra points. This year, I know Stubot and his um, friends on the sportive have long been critical of Blair Walsh, and so he's fi- he finally gets cut. 
And Luke uh, implies that the Hawks broke his will like they did Colin Kaepernick. I did, do think they kind of broke Colin Kaepernick's will because he was sort of soaring to the top of the world in the Seahawks defense. Made him think that he couldn't play football very well anymore. But that's not what happens with kickers. Like Blair Walsh, it doesn't matter who they're playing against. The kick is the kick, you know? Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't agree with that. I thought it was very interesting that Luke, of course, in his hubris, equates the Vikings letting Blair Walsh go to Cairo canceling TBTL. <laughs> like as the sort of scrappy underdog, gone yeah. before its time thing. The night show is sort of the kicker of the radio world uh, because the you know they're all gonna they're all gonna do about the same. No matter who it's who it is, so if you get one bad or two bad ratings books, that's a couple bad kicks, and night show's gone. You can't fire Dory Monson. You can't fire Dave Ross. You pay him too much, so it's the night show. They gotta go. I sort I sort of agree with him. I feel like that's more like the night show's more like the kicker in fantasy football because they're interchangeable, mm-hmm. and if they start to not score, you can just drop them and pick up another one. Mm-hmm. But it may or may not be critical to your game on fantasy football so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in a real game, that couple of points stakes is the are very between high. a win and a loss. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Fantasy football, they're all going to score between like five and ten points, and right. just try to get a good matchup or whatever. But yeah, in real life, that kick uh, that he missed against Seattle meant a lot, and he's missed some kicks this year that meant a lot. And they're on a big losing streak, and you can't just you can't cut the quarterback, you can't cut the receiver, you know the guys that are making all the all the money um, that you've invested a lot of a lot in. So you cut the kicker, yep. so he's gone. Um, uh, the Sherman tip was to Malcolm Smith, not Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is the Patriot player who ruined our lives yep. in the second uh, consecutive Super Bowl. Let's see. As Tecanachos before the show, that was something that Luke used to do on a regular basis. You could almost hear him horfing it down during the <laughs> intros, during the radio days. I thought it was funny when Andrew said that now whenever he hosts at Cairo, he gets teriyaki madness. We have your daughter. Um, he gets teriyaki madness, even if he's hosting the show on consecutive days, because it's you have that kind of memory. And I'm the same damn way like if you haven't done something for a while or been to a certain place for a while if you go there you just automatically have to eat at this place or go to this other place yeah absolutely um we they get an email from asia who is in fire danger in north carolina um and i think it's important to note that asia is a trump supporter but we still uh we still want to do everything we can for her because we're nice people and we want to make sure that uh that her and her property and her family are all safe and i hope that's subsided by now there's been a cold front at least come through here maybe they got some rain back there that has helped that out so um there's an email about the the uh prison break guys they've both been caught the uh the handsome devil and the regular looking guy (laughs) Both this think- is not the first time Luke has been obsessed with handsome people on the lamb. <laughs> Remember those guys in upstate New York? He had a thing yeah. for them too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that anyway. that was 
that was a more interesting story because you had the prison seamstress and and they were out in the wilderness. They seemed to catch these guys pretty fast, so they were yeah they're back in the joint. But uh, the person that wrote in lives across the street from the prison, which um, yeah, prisons way back in the day used to be built in the middle of the city, and I guess this one in the 1840s was built in the middle of the city. And he says that there are people that are, that uh, you know are not during visiting hours or maybe they can't get in to visit because of certain things, but they stand out in the street and yell over the wall to, uh, to the prisoners. And they, um, a lot of times it's sexy talk. Did um, you say that explicitly in the email or are you, are you extrapolating that? Uh, Bobby, do you remember hearing? Uh, I think I remember... he said that there was language that wasn't safe. Yeah. There, there was some implied, level of adult appropriateness or inappropriateness. I don't remember the exact wording of the email, but it was implied that it was uh mommy daddy talk. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's, you're almost asking prisoners to break out. If you're like, right. If you're, if you're the, the girlfriend and you're right over the wall and you're talking sexy to your guy, I mean, he's <laughs> going to probably try to do anything he can to, to get over that goddamn wall and get what he needs. Uh, let me interrupt by saying that this is the first Simpsons reference of the week. <laughs> I'm starting to track these. Oh, right. I don't, I don't think I missed one in Monday, but uh, Andrew remembers a moment on The Simpsons when Cletus is at the top of a telephone pole and says he can call his mom from here and then yells to his mother. Right. Yes. I don't remember that episode, but I love Cletus. Um, the the bags hanging out of the, the prison cells Probably um, just to take advantage of cold weather and keep some food cold. That's I used my to do guess. the same thing in my freshman year dorm. Yeah. On the 10th floor, cold and windy up there, you could put um, milk or apple cider in the fall mm-hmm. out on the little ledge outside the window, and it would be cold for days. Yep. It's yep. a good idea. Uh, that's all I had for Tuesday. All right. Let's go to Wednesday, 2252, a physical breakdown of our physical physical breakdowns. Um, it is day three of the juice, quote, cleanse. And um, Andrew has a cold and they talk about whether he might have called in sick to work and uh, talked about um, whether that's something that they do. Do you guys sick uh, work when you're sick? Um, I, I think it depends for me. Um, if I, you know, when I was working in, uh, the restaurant, um, if I was sick, I would try to stay out of the food production part of it and then maybe just go work in delivery or something, you know, where I'm not dealing with the food. But, um, but the aspect of, of getting other people sick, if I feel like I'm in some contagious point of it, then I would not. I would try not to go in because I because then you're just creating a staffing problem for the next three weeks for the for the, for the store. Uh, also, if somebody sees you, nobody wants to eat there. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm not gonna go into a restaurant and see someone hacking up all over the place and then be like, "Yes, I want to eat this sure. food." Um, I'm sick right now, and and you came I, to work today. I came to work today. Uh, I, because I work from home a lot, I sort of just work as best as I can. It also is bring sick. your cold to work day. So yeah, <laughs> it's, what a coincidence. Uh, but for the night job for trivia, it's really just a matter of mm. whether or not I feel up to it. And there's a lot of interacting because people bring up their answers to me all night. And 
if I feel up to it, I'll, I'll suffer through and do it. Um, but also last year I lost my voice for like the better part oh, of a yeah. week. And the problem is if you strain that too soon, you're just going to make it worse. And so I had mm-hmm. to take a week off of hosting trivia because I had to, I had to nurse my voice back to health. And even right now I'm thinking, well, I'm going to do this. And then I probably don't have to talk a lot the rest of the day. Right. And I'm hosting Tuesday night, but then not Wednesday or Thursday because of Thanksgiving. And so I'm hoping that I ah, can sort of good light week. Yeah, exactly. Smooth over it and just not talk a ton because, uh, I don't think this is too bad this time around, but I have in the past really thrown out my voice too hard. Uh, and it takes a long time to get it back. I would say that um, the way I was raised, unless you were actively throwing up, you went to school. And that has translated to my work experience and yeah. not for the better. I just, I never feel like it's an option. And it's not cool. like I'm that business critical or anything. I could take a day off if I wanted to, but it just doesn't occur to me. And a couple of years ago, I stayed home for one day and I thought, okay, that's it. I've, I've had my sick day. Now right. I go back to work. Well, Emily and I were talking about this the other day because um, we we're talking about how Cullen, when he was um, throughout grade school and high school, he had a lot of perfect attendance and they, they still reward it. And I'm, mm-hmm. I was thinking, Maybe we don't need to be rewarding perfect attendance because he really felt pressure when he, in his own mind, he never felt it from from Emily or me. He he didn't like missing school because one time he missed a, a few days of school and he fell behind and he's really diligent and he said, I never want to do that again. So I think he pushed himself through sicknesses after that. And it's not good because it just spreads through the school and, and it it gets worse. So, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be rewarding perfect attendance anymore. You don't want to work with somebody or you don't want to miss, you know, you don't want kids to miss a ton of school, you know, if they're gold bricking. But if you're right. sick, stay home. Yeah. And speaking of um, things related to the doctor, Luke went to the doctor and he got a flu shot and now he feels like he got the flu from it. And uh, Meredith said, what a week for her to not be mm-hmm. able to talk. This <laughs> really got her goat. And I would like to say, you cannot get the flu from the flu shot. Mm-hmm. Your immune system is a little depressed for a couple of weeks. So maybe you get another cold. And also, if you're like, oh, I don't feel good. I got the flu. That's not the flu. You do not get influenza. Right. You'll if know. If you have influenza, when you really have the you're going to know it. You've fucking no. <laughs> yep. I mean, there is no live flu virus in it's dead. It's inactivated flu in the shot. So you cannot get the flu from the flu shot. Um, and he was being a big baby about the shots. Oh, <laughs> totally. Well, and as we learned and was not surprising at all, the Burbank children did not get any of their vaccinations. So he's That's not terrifying. He's not used to getting shots. And um, <clears throat> he talks about how he got the, the whooping cough booster. <laughs> <laughs> I My mom kind of leans towards the whooping cough. She's the nurse. But mm-hmm. I, it just seems so ridiculous to stay, say it that way. I don't know. Why, did, why have the W if, if that's how you want to pronounce it? Why I, have it? Yeah, right. And uh, he got an irregular mole removed, which makes me happy because irregular moles make me nervous. 
Um, he was a baby about the stitches, and as we mentioned earlier, he was a baby about the med student seeing him in his underwear. So they they gave him uh, lidocaine or whatever. I mean, how mm-hmm. can you you don't even feel the stitches when they do that? And he don't he didn't even have to look at it, it was on his back, right? Uh huh. It's just someone like messing around with your back, like you know, it's oh, make, he's such a baby. <laughs> well, I'm going to give him credit because. He actually went to the doctor and it was at Carrie's instigation, but he went to the doctor. He's been to the dentist. He's going to the doctor. I feel like this is a step in the right direction, even if he is going to be a giant baby about it. And then, but the problem is they, they left him at the doctor for like three more hours and he rubbed his face (laughs) against the bars. (laughs) Uh, I, I forget how they get, oh, I guess they were talking about. Luke's pina colada story, and that led them into talking about Escape, the pina colada song. This pina colada story. <laughs> oh, come on. What? This is, this is an epic. I mean, is this is a, a two-hour documentary that's going to be on CBS Sunday morning. <laughs> Let me this... give you an update from the East Coast. I believe he said he thought it was going to air this week, and it did not. No. Oh, there's, they got a lot more to do. There's, they there's got, so much right, more. right. The research is still out in the field. Jeez. They need to go talk to some bartender in Wichita. If this thing isn't longer <laughs> than like five minutes, it's a, a travesty of three mockeries of a sham. Because if this is like a minute and a half, two minute little travel piece, ah, I just think they, they have to be in the pocket of Big Colada. Right. <laughs> Big coconut cream. Yeah. And of course, this is the discussion where... Uh, Andrew says that the Pina Colada song is about people who don't know how personal ads work. I mean, I think it's about infidelity, but whatever. Yeah, it, seem, it would seem infidelity <laughs> as, a, as part of it. Well, it's kind of about people who are bad at infidelity. Yeah. Right? True. True. They're bad at communications. And- if, they, if they've never even known the, all these things about each other, no wonder their relationship was suck. Yeah. It's terrible. Now, oh, I you actually like pina coladas? I never seen you have one. Right. I mean, it, maybe it's still a new marriage. They just haven't gotten to the part of what drinks you like. They, but they don't say marriage. He says, "My lady." I think that the oh, relationship's true. old and tired. Isn't that what's important? Yeah, he says it's old and tired. He was tired of his lady. <laughs> I watched the video that you posted on the Stens page, Mike. It's amazing. Um, that is something else. <laughs> it's great. It's of I a mean, time. the whole. The whole, the blocking of that video where it's go down the little stairs uh-huh. and then go stand in front of the thing that has the hole in it and then go up to the platform yeah. and then go up to the top and then go down the stairs again. It was amazing. Just, uh, I highly recommend watching that. And they talk briefly about the concept of island music, like Rupert Holmes, Jimmy Buffett, and more recently, Kenny Chesney. And I can never talk about Jimmy Buffett without saying that I have a mental block and I get Jimmy Buffett confused with Warren Buffett. And well, I know they're not the same person, but I can never remember which one is which. The difference is that Jimmy Buffett sings about drinking on an island and Warren Buffett can buy the island. Mm-hmm. And buy Jimmy Buffett. Yes. True. And a cheeseburger in paradise or wherever he wants a cheeseburger. He can afford it. He can buy a cheeseburger in paradise franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they move on to the trauma of poor Olive at the vet yesterday. It turned out that the reason that um, 
Luke and Carrie didn't get a call that she was ready. It was because the expectation that they would just randomly call the vet and see if yeah. she was done. That seems so nope. strange to me. Yeah. They always should call you when your pet's done. But they were so, waiting for that sarcastic comment to load. They yeah. couldn't call before it was finished loading. Right. I guess I can't decide how I feel about having a funny vet versus having a regular vet. Right. In theory, that sounds great. <laughs> what uh, what we found is we, we go to a clinic that has like four or five vets and eventually you figure out which ones, which one or ones that you like or will tolerate or your pets like. And then you just ask for that person, you know, you don't just make an appointment. You ask for that particular vet. So that's my recommendation. If you're trying to choose a vet, get, get a, get a clinic that has several and then cycle through them and see which one you like. Yeah. So poor Olive was unintentionally abandoned at the vet for hours. And she was so anxious that she rubbed her face until it got all swollen and, and icky. And Carrie posted that, just pathetic picture of her <clears throat> on the stents page looking so sad. And the thing that got me was Luke talked about how they have the cardboard carrier with the little vent holes in it. And usually if you put your finger in there, she'll swipe at it. But yeah. Carrie put her finger in it and Olive just touched her paw all the way home. Oh it's so pathetic and sad. I know I talked about driving Cupcake home from the vet a couple of weeks ago. But I did sort of the same thing. I opened her carrier up and just reached in with my right hand. I had her on the passenger seat, and I just sort of held her the whole way home, which was tough driving stick, but I figured it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, they're just so pathetic in those moments, but it's mm -hmm. it's it's a love moment. And I think Carrie gets an exemption. She can post anything she wants about cats to the Stens page anytime. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. She yeah. She's welcome. Well, it's it's a particular cat. Well, that too. <laughs> uh, top story for today. Um, Canadian beer manufacturer Labatt's... Labatt's... <laughs> I don't know. Will no longer give retired employees free beer as part of their retirement package. And um, this is... <clears throat> I'm actually surprised that they still get free beer because of the rising costs of retiree benefits. But it seems like the beer would be such a small part. I mean, who who has more access to cheap beer than the executives at Labatt, you know? So giving out a little beer, it just seems like a bad PR move to take this away. But it's, Molson already took it away, isn't that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Labatt is in London, Ontario, which is where a lot of my family lives. Uh, but none of my family actually works at the plant. I do have uh, an uncle, uh, my grandmother's brother, who was a Zamboni driver. So that's my Canadian heritage job. Nice. <clears throat> not uh, not the beer factory. But one of the things people might not realize is how much how much more expensive beer is in Canada for Canadians. Uh, if you go to the beer store, capital B, capital S, the state-run or province-run, government-run uh, beer outlet – uh, a 2-4, a 24-pack of Labatt Blue will cost you close to 50 bucks. What? Wow. Yeah, and liquor is ridiculous, too, because they tax the living crap out of it. Wow. And so that benefit of getting free beer is, you know, a slightly larger 
wedge of your retirement budget if you're a hearty Canadian who drinks a lot of Canadian <laughs> right. beer. And you could always why... trade it. If you weren't a drinker, you could always trade it too. For, yeah, exactly. It's a whole bartering system. So mm-hmm. uh, that's why most of my Canadian family, who is not fancy by any means, they mainly drink Coors Light because it's just cheaper. And hmm. Or some you know cheaper Canadian brands. You'll see one really, really cheap brand and their deal is that it's 24 for 24 dollars mm-hmm. and that's like the the anniversary ale of canada uh so you know it's a bigger deal than it sounds like a little bit just economically mm-hmm. um growing up in rochester i know the employees still get a case off the line of jenny mm-hmm. when they get their paycheck and they go and take it right from the factory that's interesting uh, right. I, I like the fact that molson used to have a lounge with free beer that when you got off work, you could just go drink the beer. I thought I, that lounge should be named like the handicap lounge. Cause then you go home <laughs> and you immediately beat your wife and fall asleep on the couch. Just that cloud of dust rolling back and forth from the factory <laughs> to the house. Right. Just, just fighting all the way home. Uh, Let me interrupt with one more note, which is that this is our second Simpsons reference of the week. Oh, here we go. The scene in the Duff factory tour when all the different kinds of Duff are coming out of one tube into all the different tanks. I do remember that one. Yeah. Well, for my personal pleasure, the the angle I would like to take on this giving product as part of your compensation is at the Ben and Jerry's headquarters. They get free Ben and Jerry's every week, so I will take that over beer any day. Well, what's better about that is there's so many flavors mm-hmm. that that you you know you're not going to get that sick of it. You know, like same goddamn beer every week. Come on. So they think it's very uh, important to reassure themselves that current employees do still get free beer. That case every other week, and Ander finds this story to be very depressing. And moving on to another depressing story, all the unused shirts for the world champion. Uh, Cleveland Indians, uh, which are usually sent to developing countries. I think we've all heard those stories. Uh, This year, they were destroyed because they didn't want them to get into circulation and, quote, damage the Major League Baseball brand. But they point out quite sensibly that Chief Wahoo is okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is is true. I thought maybe instead of destroying it just have like a real quick stamp with the jk for just kidding just (laughs) on every shirt and then go ahead and send them to whatever whatever disadvantaged country that where they need uh t-shirts jk 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 this isn't really an offensive logo (laughs) right right also we're just kidding with the logo don't take it personally indians it's not really about you there yeah. are kids in Africa who think that the early 90s Buffalo Bills were the greatest franchise yeah. in sports history. They won oh, four sad. <laughs> uh, Just uh, we have a Sky Jinx Woo story in that United Airlines has a new class of ticket called Basic Economy, which that's just sad. Um, you cannot have any carry-on luggage other than like a, a purse or a, a small personal item. You get no uh, seat selection privileges and you have no opportunity to change that seat once it's been assigned to you and you will board last. Also, you and, shouldn't get access to an armrest. Right. The, the, the full payer, <laughs> fair payers get the armrest. I'm sorry, right. sir. You're going to have to remove your elbow. And and you don't get to pee. So No, you right. Go. You've got no access to the bathrooms. You don't get the, right. the drinks. 
And, and if you can cut it in half, if you just want to try to hang on to the wing, we'll cut that fare in half. <laughs> put some straps on there. You just yeah. strap yourself in and right. dangle. And if, if you scream, then we're going to cut you loose. I don't. We don't want to hear any screaming out there. <laughs> so they state that it's going to increase their revenue by four point eight billion dollars. And I don't know anything about air, airline travel economy, but I don't know. This makes me pretty mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just you just don't buy it. As Luke was concerned that he's going to fly United and CBS is going to book him on whatever is cheapest. And I think that's just when you have to put your foot down and just know that you're not right. going to be paying the cheapest price. Yeah. Right. I don't think any any respectable business is going to be booking their executives or their talent in this uh, that economy. I think what is going to happen is it's going to lead to an even worse overall flight experience for everyone because it's going to ensure that every flight is completely full. So you'll never get that, you know, sometimes empty seat next to you. You know, it's everything is going to be jammed to the gills because these, you know, people can ride it like a bus. Well, as someone who flies standby a few times a year on uh, on a certain uh, Pacific Northwest-centered airline, I can say that as the last person who gets on the plane and often ends up in one of those middle seats, there is nothing worse than watching somebody's face when they think mm-hmm. they've got an empty middle seat. Yep, yep. And then two minutes before the door closes, I walk up, kind of a big guy, got my luggage, yep. got my laptop bag. And uh, I ruin their morning yeah. for their six-hour flight. Oh, I, hey, I weighed 335 pounds and got on airplanes. I, I've seen that look. Oh, Jesus, this guy? <laughs> That's what I just... Uh, can, I buy, can I buy you a drink? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, exactly. But the the uh, charter flight that myself and my brother uh, went to the Super Bowl on, it was an older plane and the seats were pretty small. And, you know, we were both really big guys at the time. This is the first Seahawks Super Bowl. And there was a um, there was a lady in our row. There were three seats and she was really large, too. And when we all sat down, our arms were basically over our bellies because there was no room between all of our fatness to get our arms back, you know, to where they were like you could set them on the armrest. So it was almost easier to like help the person next to you eat and drink because your arms are crossed so far. (laughs) So like I was passing food to both of these, you know, it was a lot of fun. But they let you check your little motorcycles. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. All the press were there. We were the first uh, charter (laughs) coming, coming into the Detroit airport and uh, me and my brother just, you know, we rode around on our cycles. They put us on the news. Uh, Luke and Andrew touch a little bit again on the evergreen subject of seat reclining on airplanes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke thinks that seat recliners are Trump voters, which is which is unfair. But that was funny. And Andrew is getting ready for his Costa Rica vacation by using, using the Duolingo app to try and learn Spanish. And uh, Luke brings up the Destinos telenovela that he watched in high school to help him learn Spanish. So I anticipate a lot more Duolingo talk as as the days of Costa Rica grow closer. And I will roll us right into Thursday as 2253, the rustalization of Luke Burbank. Um, praise God, the juice fast is over. 
Um, Luke has still not eaten anything other than juice and a cup of noodles, sans noodles, because (laughs) he's just feeling so good about the juice fast, feeling so resigned, feeling so something that he thought he would continue this with a nice warm cup of MSG. He's got to get that salt back in his body. That's what his body's telling him. Yeah. By him enjoying a cup of noodles, sans noodles, is like your body saying, where's my fucking salt? There's nothing like that feeling when your wedding ring just gets a little too tight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's gotten to the point where he feels just like he's slightly delirious due to lack of nutrition. And he is turning into a, quote, goofy satirist. And that leads us into talk of political satirist Mark Russell, which is always a fun time. Um, and they play a clip of that. And they comment that it sounds like Tom Brokaw channeling Garrison Keillor. So I knew that Mike would like that. Yeah. Mark Russell is probably the worst thing on the planet, I believe. It's just, I don't know about humor without any bite to it. You know, it's he's not even making a point or anything. He's just being weird, silly. He's saying words, and people are laughing. Yes. Well, he's, and sometimes playing the piano. He's he's taking down everyone. Sure. He's an equal opportunity offender with a grand piano. <laughs> um, last night, Andrew had an Uber driver who had just gotten out of the military. Andrew thought that it was the Navy, maybe, maybe, and they talked about SEER training, S-E-R-E. Uh, i.e. POW training. I forget how um, we transitioned into this particular thought, but um, that leads them into uh, talk about how Luke knows what SEER training is because of season two of Serial, and he says that he finally, just this weekend, finished In the Dark and compliments it for devastating reporting, but he wants to talk about a particular statistic when they were talking about clearance rates of crimes, of of major crimes, and how poor some clearance rates are, and clearance rates being um, cases that actually get taken to trial. And they used a statistic that King County, Washington, had a clearance rate of 5%. And I went back to, to listen to it because Luke was so incredulous. So I listened to it again. And they said from 2005 to 2014, part one, clearance rates, part one crimes are murders, rapes, robberies, aggravated assaults, and other serious offenses. That was 5% in King County, Washington. I'm actually kind of shocked. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's any justification for that or if there's any way that makes it make sense. But I remember hearing that from the podcast when I heard it and- it's pretty appalling. Right. Well, and that was their own internal statistics that they generated. And their data guys seem pretty smart. But the the thing that um, Luke referenced that they talked a lot about on In the Dark was this murderdata.org for the Murder Accountability Project. And I went there because God knows I'm a data nerd. And so I played around with it. And this is from, from 1965 to 2014 homicides. And in the city of Seattle, um, 72.08% of those got solved. So that's a world away from the 5%. Then I thought, well, I'm going to go look at New Brighton. And New Brighton only had seven homicides 
in the last 50 years. So I went and I looked at greater Ramsey County, and that was 65%. Then I went and I looked at Pawtucket. You guys have had 115 murders there, Bobby, but you were at almost 69%. And then I went to look, I went to look at Kyle, which has only had nine murders or homicides. So I, I, I went out and looked at Hayes County, and that's a 77% clearance rate. Nice. So this this actually, if people want to go to murderdata.org and go into the clearance tabs, it is totally fascinating to look at this stuff. And don't you think a lot of this clearance rate stuff is because <clears throat> it's a lot of minor crimes and there's just people doing a lot of minor crimes and eventually they're going to get that person, but they're only going to be able to pin the one burglary or whatever it is, you know, that they catch him doing. Right. Well, and there was a really disturbing This American Life a couple of years ago about how um, when the focus turned to crime and policing statistics, the police started to reclassify crimes. So yeah. instead of calling it an assault, they would call it, you know, breaking and entering so that mm-hmm. they could classify it differently and, and keep their statistics better. I also noticed looking at this data that I think there is some reporting issues because apparently St. Paul, Minnesota had... Uh, solved no homicides for like four years in a row and they had like 30 or 40. So yeah. I, that can't possibly be true. So I think that's a data issue. But regardless of that, this was super interesting stuff. Well, I really helped the uh, feds with their clearance rate when I turned myself in. That's true. You did. <laughs> <laughs> they, cause, I mean, I, I did more than I admitted to, but I admitted to everything they brought to me because I was guilty of everything they brought to me so 38 i admitted to 38 and that uh, i'm sure that made a dent in the robbery clearance for those few years that i was That's out there true. doing damage thank you for your service mike oh you're very welcome it was my pleasure to help it didn't really help the guy who was searching for me he was still pretty mad that i turned myself in and he didn't catch me even though the clearance was going to be good well that's his own personal issue yeah um, the what the F guy, I did not do that very well, but he is uh, Mikey Day on SNL. And Luke really likes the David S. David S. Pumpkin sketch from a couple of weeks ago with Tom Hanks. And mm-hmm. so he has Andrew watch it on <laughs> right. on the air live. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually a lot more entertaining than I expected it to be because Andrew was so... Um, honestly overjoyed by that. Listening to him <laughs> laugh was was pretty fun. Any questions? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, listening to... It wasn't a bad sketch. I know some uh-uh. people either love it or hate it. I think it was fine. Uh, certainly memorable. They created something. Um, but listening to Andrew watch it was even funnier to me than the actual sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. And I was very tickled. Uh, Bruce, formerly of Lake Stevens posted a little three-second video of of his son, Andrew, saying, any questions? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, they talk about how great Tom Hanks still is after all this time, and then they ponder what is it like to be Colin Hanks, who's no slouch in his own right, but to have a dad who's sort of one of the top comedic actors of all times, and that must be pretty hard. He seems well-adjusted to me. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. I'm sure all the Tough. money isn't hurting. Right. Yeah. I think if he was a frustrated actor, that right. would be harder, but he seems to ha- have had successful 
projects. Liked him so. in Fargo. Yeah. And top story for today, Bob Dylan has declined to attend the Nobel ceremony to award his Nobel Prize for Literature due to prior commitments, which I love. And it turns out that there is a long history of weirdness with the literature winners who are, I don't know, uncomfortable with being singled out for the prize or just really socially That's um, a writer thing, right? Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're usually a recluse or, you know, there aren't many writers who are gregarious. I mean, there are mm -hmm. plenty, but I mean, it's more of a an occupation for people that want to be left the fuck alone. Right. Right. And so they discuss a couple of examples of that, including uh, the fact that Jean-Paul Sartre actually turned the whole the Nobel Prize down. And that leads to Bobby. <laughs> Our third Simpsons reference of the week. The critic crossover episode, Camus Can Do, But Sartre is Smartra, from the critic, <laughs> to which Homer says Scooby-Doo can do-do, but Jimmy Carter is smarter. <laughs> An excellent episode poll from Andrew. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Luke says that he feels a lot like he's Homer when he's trying to discuss literature and, and higher concepts. Um, it turns out that the Nobel Committee said that they never before have had so much trouble in getting a hold of someone as they uh, have had trouble contacting Bob Dylan. And then Andrew starts to make some sweeping guesses about uh, Bob Dylan's thought process. Um, <laughs> he uses the words he probably a lot in this conversation. He probably this, he probably that. And that's one of my own personal pet peeves was they, when they start doing this just complete speculation on people's feelings and motivations for doing something. And he equates honoring Bob Dylan with a Nobel prize against his will to people celebrating Andrew's birthday against his will. Oh, Andrew, <clears throat> that's, um, people, I don't know. The thing about Andrew and like Halloween and his birthday or something is he, He's he's thinks about it too much, you know. Mm -hmm. You can let people know that you're you don't really care much about your birthday. I don't. I mean, it's listed on Facebook or whatever. People send you notes or whatever. Just be graceful for five minutes, you know. It does. It doesn't. It's it's not going to be as crazy as you think, you know. Right. <laughs> you're not going to open the door and then everyone, all the gifts everyone's sending are just going to pour. Dude, you know, get over yourself a little bit. Nobody really cares. And if you weren't making a big deal out of it, you know, just let people know, I don't really celebrate my birthday. Yeah. And then, you know, if they want to do something nice, they'll get you something nice. It's about them. It's not about you. Yeah. Just like your naked body. Most people <laughs> don't care most of the time. Right. And, and, and no, and just open the door and give out candy for a few hours. It's, you've built it up to be something that it's, it's not, it's just, it's not that hard. Just let you know, put your birthday out there. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I used to be a lot like Andrew in that I was very uncomfortable with the attention on my birthday. But then a couple of years ago, I did realize that it's not about me. It's just people who want the opportunity to tell you that that you matter. Mm -hmm. And I will say that as a single person who lives alone, I, I don't have people telling me that I matter mm -hmm. very often. Right. So if somebody wants to wish me happy birthday... That's fine. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Thanks very much. Yep. Get me a cupcake. 
<laughs> my birthday's not on my Facebook page, but I don't shut down my wall. Right. People who know me know it's my birthday and, and wish me a happy birthday, and I'm not shy about it. But I do celebrate fairly privately. Last year, Sam and I got a hotel room in Cambridge for a couple of days and just sort of had a few nice meals and, and played tourist in Boston. And that was perfect. That was my birthday party. That's what I wanted. Um, it's not because I thought somebody was going to throw me a surprise party if, if I published right. it more, put it out there more. But, uh, you know, celebrate in your own way, but don't don't shut other people down. Uh, he makes it sound like it's an empowerment thing, like we're taking away his right to not celebrate his birthday. Mm-hmm. And that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think you're right. He just he thinks about it too much, gets all up in his head over it. Well, we'll have but, to think about how to honor that in the coming weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, to finish out the Dylan conversation, um, Luke says that reading Bob Dylan's comments on the passing of Leonard Cohen and what an amazing artist Leonard Cohen was show that Bob Dylan is a musical genius. Just another step in the evolution of Luke Burbank's slow appreciation for Dylan. <laughs> Wait a minute. Dylan's a musical what? genius? What? He's just not writing pretty little songs? Okay. Huh? He actually has thoughts about music and wow. theory and all that stuff? Interesting. Hmm. Um... Moving on, there is a, a scandal on Instagram uh, celebrity travel photo lovers um, because there is some lady who travels the world with her boyfriend to exotic places and then posts pictures of herself in those exotic locations. And some other apparently random woman is uh, copying her going to the same places and taking the same pictures from the same angles wearing even the same clothes and jewelry or as close to it as as possible and uh, luke and andrew are very split on what's going on and andrew is thinking that this is some sort of conceptual art project and luke thinks that it's just some copycat fan thing i think it's fantastic no matter what it is i'm glad somebody's blowing all that money to um sort of steal this other Rich Lady's Thunder. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> right. I mean, I think the whole thing is sort of distasteful. Oh, yeah. I guess travel the world and, and post your photos if you want. But this woman is being paid. It's a whole advertising and life branding thing. She gets paid to wear those clothes and paid to wear that jewelry and paid to go stay in the places that um, she's staying in. So while everybody else can look at it and think, oh, what a wonderful place. I want to go there. Like Luke. It's she's not just sharing her journey. She's selling something yeah. and trying to pretend like she's not selling something. So I think that's kind of gross. And it's not art. You know, no. the, to use the term art is that's that's what irritated me. Is like, you're stealing my art. No, <laughs> she's just taking some photographs and kind of ribbing you. <laughs> yeah. And the, the upshot is that Luke wants to go to all the places and Andrew hates all these people. Yeah. Which well, you, is pretty consistent. You, when when you when you're making a living or making money off of being a look at me person, don't be surprised when everyone's looking at you and they do yep. stuff. Uh, email today from Samantha in Vancouver on the subject of uh, Magic the Gathering decks. She said that there was a an apartment fire. Her apartment caught on fire, and her boyfriend made sure to save his 
his magic cards. So he ran out of a burning building clutching his magic cards mm-hmm. um, as a, an indication of, of how much these mean to people and I guess how valuable these collections can be. Mm-hmm. And this Luke suggests registering individual magic cards so that if you lose <laughs> them, you can somehow cancel them and print new ones. And then that takes them to talking about what would they carry out in a fire. And Andrew said, well, obviously his Donovan record. Ha ha. And then they agree that it would probably be their laptops. Wow. So they would just leave uh, their cats behind. I post Cats are on their own. Yeah, I posed this question to Sam this morning, knowing that we were probably going to discuss it. And I assume that you've both thought about what you would take. And I, I said to her, let's assume Cupcake gets out on her own. She's not much of a door bolter, but I think in that circumstance mm-hmm. she she'd go. So <clears throat> the cat gets out. Uh guys, what would you what would you take? I have absolutely no idea. I, well, if you are assuming that the dogs are gonna be able to get out, uh the bunny's in a cage, so I would get him and get him out and then, you know, probably for sure my phone so that I could call and say my house is burning down. Yep. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Sam said her purse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, Anne, nothing? You don't know at all? No cookbooks you want to save? No, no. It's just stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, my phone, that is a good thing. Because what would we do without them these days? But other mm. than that, I don't know. I don't have anything that is, like, sentimental that I would be crushed. I've got that one shirt forever. that fits well. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The phones, um, the phones will lay up because I mean, who, whoever lets gets lets their phone get too far away from them, especially when they're like sleeping, it's going to be pretty close exactly. by. Well, that's Sam. Sam will leave her phone for hours at a time. We'll be out somewhere if we leave together to go run errands or something, and she'll be like, "Oh yeah, my phone's at home." Who mm. are you? <laughs> right? How can you disconnect? <laughs> my phone would be near me, so I'm not even going to count that. I'll assume that it would be in my pocket or in my robe, or depending on mm-hmm. what time of day or night this happens close enough uh i would grab my laptop although it occurred to me 90 percent of the shit on my laptop is backed up somewhere i back up my laptop fairly regularly with an external drive so i really should grab that uh and i uh like most of my shit's in dropbox so you know if i lost the machine it would just be an inconvenient expense to have to replace it mm-hmm. but it's really just the machine that's the important part mm-hmm. uh yeah I don't have anything of super sentimental value. All the pictures are digital. Um, I have a few cheesy art pieces that I bought, and it was like the first art that I ever bought. I might grab those. Man, you've got quite an armful at this point, Bobby. You've well, that's got just your a... Steve Martin moment going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, I'd be interested to know what you would what you would take. So uh, when we put the episode up, would you comment what you would take in the fire scenario, assuming? Animals and loved ones all get out on their own. Because I'm curious if anyone has a good answer, because clearly we don't. Yeah. And with that, uh, on Friday, it's 2254. Excuse me while I slip into something more annoying. Uh, this opens with Luke sort of defending Kanye for his recent comments that he, if he didn't vote, but if he did, he would have voted for Donald Trump, uh, <laughs> assuming that Kanye will backpedal that at some point and giving him a long leash for shooting his mouth off of that thinking. Well, he's kind uh, of doing that thing that uh, annoys Anne and that just kind of, well, what Kanye's probably 
mm-hmm. thinking here is, well, no, well, he said what he said, and that's what we have to go by. And Andrew either, is over it. Yeah. Did either of you watch SNL last night? I did not. I did. Because on Weekend Update, they had Pete Davidson on to talk about, I guess, um, thoughts on Trump. And he said one of the bad things about Trump getting elected is now everybody think that, thinks that they can be president, including Kanye. <laughs> And one of the things that he said was, and I, I wrote this down, I liked it so much, we as a country have to agree that if it isn't over a sick beat, we don't want to listen to anything Kanye has to say ever again. <laughs> true, true. Yep. Absolutely. Um, someone had a great joke on Facebook. I think it was one of our listeners, and I can't remember who it was, but they said that Kanye probably just didn't vote because of late registration. Boom. <laughs> Nice. I don't know who it was, but please take credit for it, whoever you were. Uh, Luke has some drama with the doctor. They've called and they've asked him to call back at his earliest convenience, which he takes to mean it's mission critical, dangerous. Right. Uh, To the point where if the doctor calls back during the show, he's going to have to take it, even if it violates any kind of HIPAA stuff, which it doesn't because he's choosing to take the call. It's his, yeah, it's his yeah. information, guys. <laughs> or all my stump dates. I'm in man, big trouble over HIPAA. And he describes um, his encounter trying to call back the doctor because an answering service called and immediately demanded his date of birth and then his name and was very curt with him oh. and he didn't appreciate it. Yeah, medical, medical record type people. I mean... Wow. I mean, I, we've gotten such great health care over the last couple of years, but mainly by the actual nurses and doctors. Everyone's short of there. There's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of idiots yeah. that stand between you and your health care. Um, Meredith let us know that she was trying to eat or, or drink her meal or feeling nauseous, at least, during listening to this episode and that the later topics didn't help. But she should have been warned when they compared this medical call to jazz and then called it stitches brew. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> so it gets, some... as Luke has to reference the one jazz album that he knows. <laughs> yeah. It's his go-to. Well, it helps that a lot of things uh, rhyme with both of the words mm-hmm. of that title. Uh, we get some talk about some angry listeners who uh, have said they've quit listening to TBTL because they're mad that Luke and Andrew did not use their platform appropriately Mm -hmm. after the election to voice their disgust and disdain, I guess, with the outcome of the elections. I I think it wasn't some of the irritation that they didn't talk about it enough leading up to the election because they, they're influential. Right. They didn't use their platform properly. Uh I would imagine so, because you know how many listeners to TBTL there are in swing states who could have changed the entire election by voting one way instead of another. And um, voted for Trump because the guys talked about <laughs> dental sedation instead of uh, the election. Right. Uh, I think Christy said it best when she said, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, we know there are some Republicans who listen to TBTL and our show, some Trump voters who listen, and and they clearly put up with a lot, especially in the case of Trump voters in the last few weeks with this show. Uh, but they choose to listen to it, and and that's 
you know, we're a pretty self-selecting bunch for the most part. I don't think anything Luke and Andrew said about this election was going to change any of my no. voting. And that's not the point of the show. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Andrew chimes in with their lack of being well-informed by reading some headlines from the Bellingham newspaper. <laughs> I love my local community impact newspaper. I get so much out of it. I know what's opening, what's closing. It's the it's how we know what, what new restaurants to to try. It got us through the all the local elections. We knew what to vote for and what to vote against and who and what. Um, there's a lot of value in, if your local newspaper is decent, there's a lot of value in reading it. There are actually two Pawtucket newspapers, um, but both of them have relatively shitty websites, and so I've yet to be able to figure out how to subscribe to these newspapers. Oh, newspaper <laughs> websites are the only thing that's, I mean, they're the only thing that make uh, like television radio websites look good. <laughs> so uh, as soon as I figure out how to do this without actually having to call them to find out how much it's going to cost, I'm I'm interested in subscribing to both our local papers. Well, the paper that I'm talking about, it's a free paper that's mailed to you every month. And it's uh, it's just, I mean, it's amazingly useful. So maybe check out, if you get one of those, if they mail you something, you know, about your local, you know, uh, your local community impact or community newspaper, look at it for a minute. Because sometimes people that work there are really sharp and, and they give you a lot of good information. To yeah. the old guy. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Luke compares your vote to a lottery ticket because the odds are highly unlikely that you're going to vote and be the one vote that pushes the scales one way or another. Uh, uh, a comparison that Andrew uh, accurately calls out as bullshit. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, and Andrew notes that uh, Genevieve's apparently going to the Million Lady March. It's probably not what they're calling it. Million Woman March in Washington uh, for Inauguration Day. Where are all these women going to stay? I mean, it sounds like half the people we know are going, and it's just, what's going to happen? It's going to be amazing. It's a real boom for the uh, flight and hotel industry around Washington. Jeez. And uh, Well, yeah. luckily, there is, a lot of, there, there is a lot of capacity in that area, but, but wow. There, there's going to be a lot of room sharing, I think, going on. Yeah. Good job and, by you, uh, ladies. Uh, and based on all the women I see who are going, to stereotype, um, uh, the chocolatiers of Washington, D.C. should do really well. <laughs> Shut up. Cat adoption <laughs> agencies in and around Washington should do really well. Uh, the cheap wine purveyors mm. should have a slam dunk January. I think it's great. I feel a little left out. I'm a little jealous, but that's okay. I'll do my part from... From the home front here. Well, you know, there's going to be some guys that are going to try to attach themselves to this thing. You know, yeah, great, this, great way it, to meet some ladies. This is what a feminist look like T-shirt sales are going to go up ten thousand right. percent. I'm going to go meet a million ladies. Uh, Luke gets his call from the doctor, takes it on the show, but only we can only hear his side of it. He finds out that the mole is fine, uh, and then asks if he can have it back. Good joke. Which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like the person who called him back kind of rolled with it, which was even better. Did he ask to have yes. it back or have it put back on? <laughs> oh, I think both. I think he asked if he could have it put back and then if he could have it. And they right. said no. I think it, it went to the great <clears throat> something in the sky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wherever my stump is, that's where his mole is. Yeah. It's good. They're frolicking together. Yeah. Uh, 
Andrew says there were zero Trump voters in his neighborhood. It must not be all of Wallingford because there must be at least one, but maybe his mm. precinct. Yeah, it's got to be pretty small because there are, I mean, there are some rich people that live in Wallingford that probably would vote for any Republican. Yeah, and there's always at least one contrarian, you know, if there's somebody who just yeah. doesn't do it. Or you just make the mistake. Like, they don't stare at it 10 times like I did to make sure that I didn't right. Right. check the wrong box and they, have to, you know, they made a mistake. We get talk of the Ross and Burbank basketball video in their training to go up against the the bench warmers of the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> the video link is somewhere in the Stens page and it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and Luke explains that he thinks his high school basketball chops are enough to make him a dominant force on a celebrity team uh, tournament. That's probably usually true. You know, when you when you play basketball when you're a kid and then you get older and there are less chances to like play in a public setting, you just cherish those things. I remember like going back playing like an alumni versus the coaches or something like that at at Eastside Catholic and you know, boy did I was I psyched to do that because it had been like years. I mean, I'd played so much basketball but not in front of people. And I was like I got so excited about it. I can see why Luke got really excited about this deal. I don't know if any video exists of the actual game or that dunk, does it? I don't, not as far as I know. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Some throwback burn terms, roasted and capped on. Mm-hmm. Hey, do I you, remember roasted. We didn't use capped on. Nope, neither did we. Well, that, that may have been a West Coast thing, though, because capping was huge. It, among me and my friends oh he just capped on that guy and and i guess you know when we found out it also meant shot you know it was like oh well that's much more serious situation than, <laughs> than than having laid down a sweet burn right but it was a thing i i we said it all the time uh top story friday biting your fingernails is gross yes and luke admits that he has never once trimmed his fingernails in a conventional sense, despite owning a ridiculously overpriced manicuring kit. This blows my mind. Not once in his life has he ever cut his nails. How can uh, that be? I must believe that there's some hyperbole here because I have distinct visual memories of my mom trimming my nails oh, when right. I was young. Right. <laughs> well, maybe he was just, you know, had that habit from when he was a baby. If you don't trim a baby's nails, though, they scratch, scratch the hell themselves. out of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we can I wonder if he was, he was biting his nails in the crib. That would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he has trimmed his toenails because he's probably not flexible enough these days. To... Shut up. Shut up. Although he said he has. Yes. Oh, no. I, yeah, I blocked that out. No wonder Meredith was gagging. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, there's some conversation about whether this is better or worse than picking your nose. Uh, well, it's drier, right? Than picking your nose. I think it's less necessary because sometimes you got to clean some house, you know, you got to get something out of there, but you can always trim your nails. It's never necessary to, right. to, to bite your nails. Or, I mean, I'll ask because this is what we do here. Are you nail biters? Not me. No. No, that's 0 Never. for 3. I don't get it. I, I can't appreciate why it would be good. I, I'm a 
relatively aggressive nail trimmer, but I'm not a nail mm-hmm. biter. Me too. I trim it down too far. It makes Emily mad. Yeah, she's mad about mine too. I actually used to bite my nail. I, <laughs> I bought, I bit my nails until I was a sophomore in college, and then one night I just thought I'm going to stop that, and I just did. Nice. And I have no desire to to do it since. Cold turkey, huh? Mm-hmm. No nail patches. Did, did you lozenges. did you always bite them to the point where you never needed to trim them, or was it just sometimes you no, would bite no, when you had uh-huh. some anxious moments or something? Does the lady component of Wanting to paint or shape your nails uh, come into play with that more? Uh-uh. I, I don't do anything. I'm not a painter or a shaper mm-hmm. or anything. I just clip them and file them down and keep them neat. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I keep my pinky finger long, but that's for the Coke. Yeah. <laughs> right. And right. so people know you're down. That's just practical. Yeah. Jesus. The guy who runs the parking lot I park in on Wednesday nights has the long pinky nail. Oh, so you just gross. want to grab it and trim it. You know. Oh God. Anyway, you could get it that way. He'd be in shock when you grabbed his arm. You'd probably have long, at least a few seconds to clip that thing. This is the same guy who was mad that I didn't go to his body shop for the Yaris. Guy he knows who would have gotten me some money back. Uh, yeah. Uh, we get a, a candy breakdown. Luke uh, said he wasn't going to eat the peanut M Ms in his room at the Hotel Deluxe. He's stayed there so many times now that they must just know. I bet they put it mm-hmm. front and center in his room mm-hmm. because they know it's an easy eight dollars for special them. special spotlight on it. <laughs> it's useless to try and resist the M and M's. Yeah, if they're there, you're going to eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so peanut M and M's not as good as peanut butter M and M's, not as good as Reese's Pieces. I don't know. Andrew said this thing where he wasn't sure he would be able to tell the difference between peanut butter M&M's and Reese's Pieces. That is just patently false. They are very they are different. completely different. Mm-hmm. Reese's I, Pieces were a childhood favorite of mine, so I have a place in my heart for them. I find that the Reese's Pieces are kind of the waxier somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I like them both, but they're different. They're very different. Yeah, the, the peanut butter M&M's have a real peanut butter filling like you really Mm -hmm. get that that soft peanut butter in the middle yeah yeah luke's childhood treat was clearance reese's easter eggs (laughs) with a glass of semi-thawed wick milk (laughs) and and this is the part where i flash back to him whining about how they never had any good snack foods in their house what you had a metric ton (laughs) of clearance peanut butter cups I don't want to hear any snack food complaining anymore. Yeah, I think it was just such a hit or miss thing, you know. It was it all depended on on the bargain whether they had anything good. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, this would have been probably too young to be roaming the streets, but I had a friend who was similarly uh, unsupervised, and it was right after a major winter holiday. I can't remember if it was Christmas or Easter. Because I can't remember the candy too specifically, but we went into a drugstore and they had a huge rack of clearance candy that they've been trying to get rid of and it had been there for a while. It was a couple of weeks after this holiday. And we bartered with the manager and got him to sell us everything on the rack for, it was either 10 or $20. Wow. And we borrowed a shopping cart and we pushed bags and bags of candy back to his parents' car. They were having dinner or something down the street and we had a feast of crappy the candy no one wanted clearance Mm -hmm. candy for months Mm. and i can't remember the candy specifically but i just remember that that being one of my ultimate childhood victories 
Well done. I'll say. Yeah. I, I think I remember having quite the stomach ache after it. It must have been leftover Christmas candy because it was like late January and we were pushing the shopping cart through the snow full of candy. Uh, picking nose, we talked about that. Public bathroom door handles. I will say I've become more of a germophobe in recent years. And if I know I'm going to be out running around all day, I will usually make sure I have a napkin or a paper towel in my pocket hmm. for such an occasion. Whereas I'm somewhere that only has a blower and a door that opens in or with a knob for some unfortunate reason. Yeah. I find that, um, I will use the towel, you know, that I dry my hands with if there, if it's possible to throw that towel away safely after I've turned the handle. Otherwise, uh, if if I have long sleeves, the sleeve comes down yeah. to cover that thing. Uh, if there is not a garbage can strategically placed, I will open the door with the paper towel and then throw it out at the first opportune place yeah. after I leave the restroom. Take it with you, yeah. But I just don't understand anywhere that has bathroom doors that open in. Like, yeah. I want it to swing free and I want to be able to, to kick it open or whatever so that I don't have to touch it with my hands. Because it's absolutely right. Your hands are as clean as they're going to get. And then you have to touch something where you know half the people leaving the bathroom have not washed their hands. Have you been uh, in a restroom where they have the the door opens out, but it, with a kick? It has a metal kick on the bottom? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll kick every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Luke tells the story of his <clears throat> super shitty New York City apartment that he uh, rented, walked in, and shook out a blanket full of fingernails. Ugh. This is the first show we've ever gotten completely through, and I've just not been hungry at all. You guys haven't been been (laughs) hungry at all. Despite uh, peanut butter M&M talk. Uh, Your music Uh, for your weekend. Uh, Andrew brings us a Betty Swan cover of the Merle Haggard song, Just Because You Can't Be Mine. Luke brings another Big Baby Dram song, Cash Machine. And then Diane in Bellevue brings us In the Dark by the James Hunter Six. All right. And in housekeeping today, um, Christy is still working on this mysterious project of hers that she is um, going to debut, I think, next month. And so if you have questions for Mike about his life of crime, his time in prison, his drug addiction, any of that, let Christy know. She is ready to take all of those questions on our um our uh let's call them our sister podcasts earbuds and earworms they it is their first pods giving and they're talking about songs that have to do with being grateful so i was started listening to that this morning and um it's a good listen and on nerd out loud last week they had friend of the show jesse dollimore on with his thoughts on the election and he had some i thought very sensible and interesting things to say so check that out once he wiped off the egg off his face from months of not believing that trump could be elected just like the rest of us uh, right. He had a lot to say, but it, it's a really yep. good episode. I have to admit, I've started listening to Jesse's show too more recently, and I'm impressed with his demeanor. Yep. And he has a very good voice for podcasting. That too. I'll say that. Uh, and this, the special thing today is that um, we got a note from our friend Jen Flash Andrews over at PrettySnarky.com. She was on the show and she talked about the note cards and gift tags that they were selling on PrettySnarky.com. She has got a deal for us. If you use the promo code BANDWAGON when you order, 
they'll give us a 20% discount on what we buy. So that is really awesome. And it's a small selection, but they're just impeccably drawn, I thought, as you would expect from an architect. So um, if you're looking for some nice cards or some gift tags, head on over to prettysnarky.com. Promo code bandwagon. I know the code works because I've already ordered two boxes of cards with it. And Jen emailed me. Uh, I put in the order a couple of nights ago. She emailed me the next morning and thanked me so much and said they were in the mail. So I'm really excited to use them for some of our Christmas cards this year. Uh, and with that, how you can get involved with our show, go to littleredbandwagon.com. Find us on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon. We also appear occasionally in the Stens page, um, often as a foil to cat lovers everywhere. Our show <laughs> Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text. Nobody does this. I wish they would. To 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-TBTL. And as mentioned, please join in on the Slugfest and review us on iTunes. We don't usually plug that because we really just don't care that much. But now that there's a couple of negative reviews. Now, we had had a couple of one-star ratings before, but never actual reviews. People who gave us one star didn't go out of their way to explain why they hated us. And now that a couple of people have, I'm really enchanted by that. And I would love to hear if you hate us, please tell us why and how you made it two hours into the show. <laughs> yeah. Why do you hate yourself? That's what I wonder. <laughs> That's true. But if we're helping you hate yourself, I mean, I guess that means we serve a purpose. So mm -hmm. thank you for that. And if you want us, we, we have plenty of jam money to send sharp instruments to your home <laughs> for you to shove into your ear. It's true. And again, I do like to mail things. Yeah. Well, um, guys, I, Anne, always a pleasure doing the thank show you, with you. Too. Bobby, thank you for powering through because this, this is a lot of stuff to get through with just two folks. And, yeah. and you know, we, we have people on the bench, but we don't have the, our, we can't call on our bench in an instant because we've been taking notes all week. Like we could get, we could get somebody on to talk, but they haven't been taking right. the notes. So, um, so when, when someone is sick, uh, we appreciate when they come to work, at least at LRB. Bobby, you want to get us out of here? Sure. Uh, <laughs> I definitely can't get as high as Christy right now. Uh, until next time, this is the next party. And Jen, we love you. That code uh, is bandwagon, everybody. Nailed it. You got a lot of nerve.